the reason I called it biosyncing is because bio is you, right? It's got to be in sync with you. So yes, your menstrual cycle, if you're having one, it might be that you're in perimenopause, there's lots of disruption. So there's extra considerations. It might be that you're postmenopause, but also like you, biosyncing with you means also with your life circumstances, right? So when yes. even things like when you're vision building, when you're sharing your dreams and things like that, if you've got kids, how are you going to bring them in? That's being in sync with your family, with what you guys want in life. And so that's really, I wanted biosyncing to be all encompassing, right? That you literally live in sync with your values, your goals, your relationships, your stage of life, because there's seasons in life. And that just helps to create this kind of more effortless sense of flow. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio. Get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. This week's incredible guest is Angela Foster. Angela is an award-winning nutritionist, health and performance coach, speaker, author, and host of the top-rated global podcast, also one of my personal favorites, High Performance Health. She's the creator of Biosyncing, a very unique program designed specifically for women who want to optimize every aspect of their physical, mental, and spiritual health for high performance in business and life. Angela is a woman after my own heart with her very palpable passion for internal and external vitality. I promise you this episode is going to just upgrade your whole energy, first of all, frequency, but also give you really valuable tips and ideas on how you can do exactly that gain more vitality from the internal and external perspective. So you definitely want to go to her uh, Instagram account. Trust me, her account is one of my favorites. Every day she's dropping so much valuable content that helps you optimize your health, vitality, and performance in life. And again, her incredible podcast has been one of my favorite for years now. So go and subscribe to High Performance Health. Now enjoy the show. So Angela, I um, I came across your podcast. I can't remember how long ago, but it was quite some time ago, years ago. And you became a real resource for me to gain really high evidence-backed information that supports vitality. And I, I use the word vitality over health specifically. And I want to talk to you about that because I do feel like vitality is actually the highest expression of health, right? And what I love so much about you is, number one, the information is really reliable. I love your questions. Your curiosity and your passion is palpable. It's so real. Um, and I love I love this. This is just my kind of how I receive you, but there's, there's this real harmonized energy in your masculine and your feminine. And we can talk about that too, but it's like, you you talk about things that are really important. Um, you you share a lot of information that empowers women, and I just I think the delivery of it all is just it's really beautifully shared. So that's just uh, something that I personally really appreciate about you. So I'm excited to talk about all things vitality, the external and the internal with you. That's so amazing to hear. I'm just blown away by what you said there. Thank you so much, Roxy. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. And yeah, just super grateful that you've been listening to the show and that you've invited me on today. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. How long have you had the podcast for? 
podcast has been going, I think, three and a half years now. Three and a half years. So yeah. I know, I know, I know that uh, some of your background, you know, you were you were a lawyer before and you experienced some some big health issues that put you on the path to become this wealth of knowledge and this really like an oracle of health. <laughs> so oh, I see thank you. you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, do you want to, let's go into some of the origin just for context for our, our listeners who are new to you. Yeah, sure. I'd love to do that. So as you say, I was a lawyer for many years, a corporate lawyer in London, mm-hmm. working kind of crazy hours, weekends, all nights. And back in my 20s, I think most people feel like this in their 20s, right? You feel invincible. Yeah. You feel like you can take anything. Yeah. I don't know about you, but... In- oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> that resonates, especially mm-hmm. as a kind of type A personality. So I was mm-hmm. kind of just gunning ahead. And then I started to get some hormonal problems. So uh, when my husband and I were deciding to start a family, it became transparent that I had PCOS and endometriosis. So I needed surgery. I was diagnosed with insulin resistance and prescribed metformin. Couldn't tolerate it at all. Gave me Mm. terrible gastrointestinal distress. And that was my first kind of foray into looking at maybe it's about more than just exercise. Do you know what I mean? I'd always been fit, but maybe I need to look at what I'm eating and and particularly with the insulin resistance. So I kind of looked at things a little bit there. I was reading books, but still practicing as a lawyer. And then I was, you know what it's like with goal setting, right? Why not manifest what you want in life? So I was like, I want to have a baby and I want to get partnership. Why don't I go for both? And we'll see which one comes first. And then basically I made partnership when I was eight months pregnant, which I feel very wow. fortunate. Fortunate, So both kind of came at once. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't prepared for what came afterwards. And I think this is so common for women, right, who are really, really focused on their careers. Yeah. So I... After all the things with endometriosis and things, my gynecologist sort of said to me that I probably shouldn't leave a big gap between baby number one and baby number two. So Mm. I took his advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, He told me after my first child to go on the pill for six months. We can talk about birth control. That wasn't a good idea later, but I duly took his advice. And then by the time I was due to go back to work, I was three months pregnant with my second child. Mm. Uh, And this is where things started to kind of kick in. So I'd had a bit of postnatal depression, was fully in denial after my first, you know, not accepting it, thought it would never happen to me. And then in that second pregnancy, I started to feel really depressed. And then I basically, it got kind of progressively worse with my second child. And then when I had my third, that's when it became really entrenched. And I essentially created this kind of prison in my own mind. That's the only way I could describe it. Had these three beautiful children that had come about pretty quickly. I had three kids in four and a half years. I loved and adored them and my husband, Mm -hmm. but I didn't like myself. And oh. that self, I know we can probably talk about this because yes, I love deeply. so much of what you share. But oh, I, thank you. Yeah, I didn't have that self love, and I thought that I was a terrible mother, and that they would be better off without me. And I was just beating myself up, beating myself up, thinking, I just want to turn the thoughts off. I want this to end. But thinking, I can't leave my kids without a mother. Like, what am I going to do? But the thoughts of suicide were kind of coming thick and fast. And I was referred into a hostel here and put under psychiatric care. And then I was prescribed kind of antipsychotics in addition to antidepressants, bipolar medication to kind of control different episodes. And then one day, basically, my kids got this flu and I came down with it. And I think my immune system was so shot at this point, it just got progressively worse. Mm-hmm. And um, they called me to the hospital after a, after a, um, they knew I had pneumonia. They'd done a chest x-ray and they called me to the hospital to say, we need to run some more tests. We think you have something called bronchiectasis. They ran the test, took me for a CT scan. The, the, the doctor was like looking at my lymph glands mm-hmm. and he kept talking about the lymph, talking about the lymph. And I was like, 
if you're talking about my lymph nodes, like this feels scary. Like you could be talking about lung cancer or something. I know I have pneumonia. And, and he was like, well, it's hard to say otherwise without a scan. So that's when I was rushed, rushed through to the CT scan. And literally I walked back into the doctor's office before I could even sit down. He was like, it's worse than I thought. Oh, shit. And I was just like, what, what is going on? Right. And it turned out not, yeah, crazy, right? It turned out not to be lung cancer, fortunately. But he was like, I don't know how you're standing here. I don't know how you're still breathing. Um, and we need to admit you straight away. And I couldn't couldn't pick the kids up, couldn't say goodbye. And I was taken oh, straight man. into hospital. I was neutropenic. Um, so my white blood cell count was really low. It was viral and bacterial pneumonia. And everything kind of started to get worse. And you know what, Roxy? The crazy thing is, in that moment in the hospital, like I had been trying to run away from myself every way I could, right? That's all I've been trying to do. And then here I was with myself, nowhere to go. It's like that John Kabat-Zinn, you know, wherever you go, there you are. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> you can't get away, right? Right. But I felt peace. Like, I'm so grateful for that moment. That day, yeah. I just, I felt peace a day or so in. And I suddenly connected and came from a place of love. And I thought, what about my kids? Like, what am I doing? You know, mm. just going round and round in circles in my head. I've got to make, I've got to get well. And the crazy thing is, right, with, you can have intravenous antibiotics, as you know, that's going to help mm. with a bacterial infection. But when you've also got viral, you need your immune system to kick in. And I was neutropenic. Within 48 hours of me making that decision, my blood work changed. No, definitely. I'm like, do you see him? I, th- I love this so much because coming into this conversation, thinking about the things that I want to talk with you, but I mean, you are such a plethora of, of, of knowledge and wisdom and, and all things, health and vitality. Right. But for me, um, what's also so important outside of that. And just very interesting for me is the inner journey, the intangible. So self-love was actually something that I really wanted to dive into with you. But I love how you just really set the table for the conversation with this because I I know in my own journey, in my own life, um, and I've been through surgeries, knee surgeries, I, I, my health journey, really like my uh, teenage years, just to quickly give you some context, back-to-back knee surgeries, American diet, gained the weight, had no tools, body composition. Like I was an athlete. And then all of a sudden I'm like, who the fuck am I? Right. Cause everything started to shift mm-hmm. and catch up from those issues, those challenges. Right. And it would, it would put me on this path of uh, several years of, of really internal pain and, and, and suffering in a lot of ways, because I knew I was, it was almost like an outer body experience, not a great one where I was like, who am I? How do I fix this? Right. And so it would ultimately be the catalyst to put me to into the state of discovery of of like a real genuine passion which is health and vitality and all how do you how do you optimize you know your vitality and and live strong right but the p, the connecting piece here is that um it wasn't the weightlifting it wasn't the diet it wasn't yes that stuff matters but it's secondary to what happened internally what had to happen internally is what then, you know, put me in the uh, on the path to discover the actual tools that would, you know, fix the body composition and 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 take health and vitality to the next level. So for you to say that in 48 hours after coming to this state of inner peace and 
real love for yourself that your immune system kicked in. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but what I love so much is I think it's really important to put a microphone up to that specific, you know, piece for, for, for everybody who's listening or watching to hear, because I think that there's a hyper focus on the external, what we need to be doing out there. And and that stuff is relevant, but none of that matters if the internal isn't dialed in and supporting us to live, you know, in our higher state of, of vitality. And yeah. I couldn't agree more. Give me one second. My daughter has left. Sure. Phone off here. He's sending you're my d- phone off. Sorry. No, you're okay. You're okay. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. And I think this is the thing: is you can do all of the nutrition, the fitness, the exercise, everything you need to do, right? The sleep. Yeah. But if you're not coming from that sense of inner self worth and inner peace, yeah, you almost can't go anywhere because yes. you kind of self sabotage along the way. You're not clear. You're not living in sync. And and we can talk. I always talk about biosyncing, but you're not living in sync with your values and. I think what you said there, you know, coming from that place of love, Mm -hmm. when you look at Hawkins' map of consciousness, right, Mm -hmm. it's one of the highest vibrations. It's just before you get to kind of enlightenment. Yes. And I just felt that overwhelming sense of love. And I I do believe that, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this, doesn't he, that you can signal new genes in new ways and heal yourself and you have it all within you. Yes. Um, And no matter what you're doing, if you haven't kind of made that spiritual connection, and I think this is the thing, health is a mind, body, spiritual experience. That's the thing. Yes. And they all need to be in sync. Yes. You are literally walking us into every question that I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's potent, actually. It's powerful. I want to ask you, the moment of peace that you felt, is there anything you can describe? Because there could be people listening right now who are at that kind of rock bottom stage within themselves. Like, What what do you think it was that, was it just that maybe you, it was like this Mack truck moment for you where you had to fully surrender and then that surrender evoked the, the, that sense of love or what would you say it was? I, I do. I think you hit the nail on the head that I think it was that sense of surrendering. It was like, you know what, everything I've been thinking here about taking my own life, now I'm faced with the very real possibility that I may lose my life. So there's nothing left. What can I do? Like, I have to surrender. Yeah. And I think that it's sometimes like good things come of a bad situation, mm-hmm. but we don't all have to allow it necessarily to get there. I think that yes. just letting go and giving it up to the universe in some ways sometimes can be so helpful. And I know it sounds crazy, but I was saying this in, my, in one of my coaching groups today, like just getting on a yoga mat in child's pose mm. somehow just that position mm-hmm. of almost just melting into the floor and just releasing yeah. just allows you to connect with yourself. And if you get the breathing right, that you can surrender. I think you have to recognize your inner power and your vulnerability at the same time, right? Mm. And they sound like they're opposites, but they're not. It's like embracing the two of them. That's where the magic is, right? It's that connection. Yes. Yes. I love this. I, I recently did an episode on vulnerability and the title of it was the power in vulnerability because it's exactly what you said. There is so much power in connecting with your vulnerability. It is not, um, it, it's not disempowering at all. I think it's disempowering when we try and ward it off or put resistance towards that vulnerability. It's honesty, really. Vulnerability and honesty, I think, are really kind of synonymous in a lot of ways, right? So I love, mm-hmm. I love that, that reference of, um, you know, child pose as well, and just really kind of grounding into 
yourself, earth, all things, right? Spirit. Yeah. So let's talk yeah. about, um, you know, that that point then when things started to shift and get better for you. Was that the, I mean, after that, was that the big, okay, I got to switch up my life and we got to, you know, change careers and... How did it move from there? Yeah, it was. But, you know, it's, I'm sure everyone would like to think that it turned around in a second, right? And it doesn't, does it? That's Mm -hmm. the thing. You make the decision and now you've got to do the work. And so when I came out of hospital and I felt so grateful at that point, it was like putting the pieces back together. So the first thing I did, I was having a lot of um, psychotherapy anyway and seeing a clinical psychologist. I wasn't still on a lot of medication. Um, I was basically, I went to see a functional medicine doctor. I was like, mm-hmm. what can I do to get really healthy? Like, how can I look after my immune system? And it was tiny baby steps. I mean, within six weeks, they were meant to re- CT scan me again. Mm-hmm. I had another chest infection. And I think this is the thing people need to recognize, right? If you look at the hero's journey on any story, if it's like you're the hero of your own life, mm-hmm. look at the Lion King, look at anything. When they falter, as they try to get up, you get pushed back down. So <laughs> don't let that be the final push. Do you know what I mean? I it laugh just because I know. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there, right? Yes. yes. And you think why, but you do. And you, you need to rise up. And I think this is where having, like women make amazing communities. Having women around you to support you mm-hmm. is so helpful. So I started on that road of thinking, how can I get truly healthy? And in my mind was always, I'm doing this for my children. Like, this is what I'm, for me, yes, but really so that I can see my kids grow up. I just wanted to see them grow up because I almost didn't have the chance. And so I then started putting the pieces together. I think the hardest thing was when you meet with medical professionals and they tell you it's not possible. Uh. So, you know, I was told that I would never be able to come off bipolar medication. Mm. And that, when I heard that first, I, I didn't want to accept it. But I remember thinking, life can't be like this. You know, I used to take my medication and literally my husband still reminds me to this day, like I would have to be in bed within 15 or 20 minutes because otherwise I felt like I was going to fall over. Like I was Mm. so drugged up to cope, you know, so I had to just collapse into bed. And then I would like wake up in like dripping with sweat, just the detoxification, I think, from all these meds because it, it had been taking so much just for me to be able to function. And so I had to do a lot of the inner work, which we we can talk about. And then I had to do the physical stuff and the mindset. All of it had to come together. And then eventually when I decided after a few years, I want to make this transition. I want to try and see if I can come off medication. I was very fortunate to have like my family doctor to support me. And he said, you know, Andrew, we're going to try this once. And if it doesn't work, then we leave it, even though it was against the kind of advice of the psychiatrist. Mm. And it was hard. Like for anyone on medication, antipsychotic, antidepressant, when you try to transition off at each level that you reduce, you experience depression. That's the Mm. thing. But it isn't, I I knew I'd read enough and worked enough with the psychologist to understand that this was going to be physically induced as opposed to mentally now, right? There's a withdrawal from the drug. Mm -hmm. And that understanding did help me. So I felt that I could get through it. It helped that I had at this point retrained. I was building a new career. I was helping other people and I could see the difference. So I had something positive, right? It was beginning to go beyond me. But I think all those things, that sense of purpose, living with your values, all those things have to come together. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think it's so important to point out too, that I think your curiosity plays a big role. You have to be willing to ask questions and not just accept what you hear. Right. I think, I mean, I imagine that that, that played a big part. I mean, just like you said, you, you, you even saying, 
this can't be what life is, right? Like this is not, whereas I think many people stop short, you know, and will kind of just accept. And I understand, I have compassion because especially when it's coming from professionals, I mean, they know best, right? Which is why I think that at this stage of of life, I think the most empowering um, action that anybody can take towards their health is to ask the questions and to do their own research and to, you know, don't just take this, you know, piece of information as, you know, the all, right? Listening to podcasts like yours, where you just get so much valuable information that is not necessarily readily accessed by, or you you can't just access this information from your doctor necessarily. I mean, this, this is really important. And I think it can make all the difference in the trajectory of someone's health. I mean, you're an example. Thank you. Thank you. You're so kind. I mean, I would never say to anyone, come off meds, right? I would never say that. They helped me do the work. And I think this is the thing is some people also feel they shouldn't take them in the first place. Actually, that was what helped me do the inner work, right? I had to get to a point where I was open to it. And so I think it's for everyone to find themselves. But as you say, I think finding some form of purpose, like, but also knowing your worth, like people beat themselves up. You are worthy. Otherwise you wouldn't be here, you know? Yes. Um, and and that conditioning the mind, your subconscious mind will believe whatever you tell it. And right. I'd been telling mine how terrible I was for so many years. You've just got to kind of flip the conversation. But the way I always compare it is if you imagine like a cornfield, it's really hard to traverse it, right? It's hard to walk through. Mm-hmm. But from a neurological perspective, if you keep treading a path, it gets worn down. And now it's really easy. We've all been, you know, where we've walked where other people have been. And it's a really easy track to follow. Yeah. And now what you've got to do is let it grow up over that one and create a new neurological path. And that takes work. That does but take work. But if you can put in the work, it's worth it, I believe, in the end. Yeah, it's the best work, right? I mean, I remember when, you know, because I'm an athlete, um, I my, my lifestyle has been dialed in for a long time. And so I've been a source of information for to a lot of people, what training, mindset, you know, nutrition, all the things. And, you know, one of the things that people really are impressed by is the consistency, like how, you know, and for me, my answer, and this is before I started the podcast and, you know, everything that I'm doing, it's like, they're like, how do you do it? You know? And I'm like, cause I love myself too much not to. And it almost is like that. an annoying answer because it's so, but it's like, I'm very introspective, deep. Th- I mean, I've been writing my whole life. Right. So the way that I think it's like very layered and when you kind of break it all down and get to the 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 nucleus, it, it is, it's the self-love piece. So for me to have gotten myself out of all of, you know, the challenges around my health and, you know, all the things, it was like, what was driving me? It was the self-love piece. It was me not, I wasn't willing to accept, oh, well, this is just life now. Like, no, mm-hmm. you know, and it's knowing that, you know, I mean, this is something I speak about all the time, but any challenge that, I'm presented with, I'm worthy of going through that challenge. And I love that that's something that I feel just taking in that bite-sized piece of your story is that you you had that sense of self-worth to move you through the challenge to even try and say, okay, well, let me try to get off of these meds. Let me try to progress forward. Let me try to, you know, change, change, change my experience right now. I mean, that you cannot do that without the self-worth piece. I don't believe that it's possible. 
No, I agree. I agree with that. And I think what you were saying there about trying and having curiosity is key, right? Because my my doctor said to me, let's try it. So there was no pressure, right? If it doesn't work, yeah. okay, fine. So I'll carry on on the medication, yeah. but I'm going to give it my best shot and maybe I can. And I just think even just that little maybe is a shining light of hope and it gets you through. And then, yes. you know, we did it very slowly and it took months and months and months to do it. Mm-hmm. But every time I made progress... I felt that sense of self-worth, right? It it delivers that to you and you feel better about yourself. Yes. And I think you feel with and you feel in alignment. And when when I when I look at you, Roxy, you know, everything that you do, you can tell that you're so in sync. Like you you walk your talk, you live what you speak. And I think that's so inspiring for people. Because and that's why it feels so, so whole, I think. I think that's what it is. Thank you. It, I mean, yeah, I just wrote a whole piece about wholeness this morning. I love this. I'm mm. um, like, yeah, things are really turned on right now. I love it. Um, <laughs> but no, it's so, it, it is true. And, and you know, let's go back to that kind of trinity of health that you pointed out. And I love, it is a mind, body, spirit situation. So a lot of this inner work and the values that we're talking about right now really correlates with that, the spirit aspect of, of health, right? And so, you know, the separation is an illusion. Right. Even like something that I'd love to talk about and I'd love to hear your take on this. And, and it actually can probably forward us in the conversation around certain things that you did with with your health and how you've come to know so much in, you know, the the area of health. But psychology and biology, there's no separation like they they, they support each other. Right. Clearly, I'm sure that you felt that very powerfully coming off of meds and, you know, and then making these shifts. Um you know, from, a, from nutrition, training, all the things like that had to have also supported your psychological state, right? And then your mindset was also supporting your biological and physio- physiological state as well, right? Can you talk about that? Yeah, 100%. And it was the same, um, you know, in hospital, right? Understanding that when I made a, a change in my psychology and my mindset, it it changed my physiology, my yeah. blood count changed. You know? yes. Like it changed my immune system so rapidly. And right. I think that's the thing. So I think embracing your femininity as part of this as well. You were talking about like the masculine mm-hmm. and the feminine. I think it's about having both. Like yes. it's so critical yes. to bring those together. I always talk about this concept or that I've developed of biosyncing, right? Which is syncing with your mindset and your goals and your future self and really stepping into the most empowered version of you. Syncing with your spirituality, like we've been talking about, mm-hmm. and what's true for you, and then syncing with your female physiology and your biorhythms and your genetics and what what is the piece that makes you you, right, from a physical perspective. And I find when you put those three things, that trilogy together, everything just starts to line up and it feels easy and it feels in flow. Because I think so many times we just feel we've got to like work harder like I did as a lawyer and it's just, we've been conditioned. That's the exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it shouldn't always feel hard. No, I think, you know, we've been, society has groomed us to be in this hyper-masculine state in, of, of doing, doing. When we do, we achieve. When we achieve, we're something, we're somebody, right? We're accepted, we belong, we're worthy. And it's really dangerous. It's it's not even accurate. And it, it leads to burnout. It leads to illness, right? The And the masculine energy is very, very important. I'm with you. This is something I speak about all the time, but just that harmony between I, my poetic way of, of putting it is that my masculine and my feminine energies are lovers and their unity and their teamwork energy, 
moving through me as a constant is what allows me to express myself at the highest level and continue this path of ascension where I'm expressing myself at higher levels. And and that's actually where I get to be a greater contributor to the world as well, right? But if I'm too far in the masculine or too far in the feminine, well, then these energies are not even operating in their whole estate, right? And so I, I can, mm-hmm. I won't take us too far in the weeds. It's the yin and the yang, it, right? It is. It really is. It is. Yeah. And that, again, like that's why, you know, at the top of the conversation with you. That's something that I've really picked up with you that I love. I mean, you talk about all kinds of important things related to health. And I think, you know, a lot of the things I may hear from other outlets, but your specific delivery is always kind of um, carried in this harmonious state of where, to me, it's very empowering. I mean, focus on women. And one of the topics that I do want to talk about is sinking, the bio-sinking, cycle sinking. And because I know that's a big subject for you. And that has been one of the big game changers for me. I'm 44. I'll be 45, I think, when this comes out. Um, it's my birthday month, right? Happy and birthday. Thank you. Almost there. But, you know, learning how to leverage my menstrual cycle to my advantage to feel my best, to perform my best has been one of the greatest pieces of information that I've attained in recent years. And I know that's something that you talk about. And would you say that that's one element of the biosyncing that you mentioned with? Yeah. Yeah. One element. And I think it's a really important element because it's recognizing, right? You're not the same every single day. As Dr. Yeah. Stacey Sims says, she's been she's on the my show. Favorite. Yes. You know, women are not small men and yes. we're not, but we've, it's like, we're meant to show up in that way. You know, yeah. yes, we have the same cortisol rhythm insofar as cortisol is high in the morning. It gets us up, gets us going mm-hmm. uh, very similar to men. And they have high testosterone in the morning that kind of wanes across the day. So this kind of 24 hour rhythm works really, really well for men. You can just do the same output, right? every day just rinse and repeat doesn't work that way for women Mm-mm. we're different mm-hmm. and I think it's like when you start to embrace that you get better results uh I mean I don't know what you found like train optimizing my training around my menstrual cycle and being a little bit more forgiving in that luteal phase I'm not saying you have to like you know you have to be so prescriptive with the different phases that now you're not going to do any weightlifting or any high intensity at all because you've moved into the luteal phase so after ovulation I'm not that prescriptive with it. I think it needs to be more intuitive than that. But I think it's like recognizing and acknowledging, actually, my energy is starting to go down. I want to optimize for progesterone here. That's going to help me feel more relaxed, more in tune with my body. Maybe just lessen it off slightly. And I'm going to come back even stronger next month when I try and hit those those goals, right? I'm going to get a PB much more likely if I do that. It's so true. I think the key word there is the intuitive piece. That information isn't designed to, you know, yeah, you have to follow it. Like, like you said, it's super prescriptive. And because you can, I know for me, I mean, the luteal phase, 14 days, something like that. Right. And that's a long period for an athletic woman to like, if I, you know, I, I'm not going to just sit back and just be walking for 14 days. Right. There might be a day even towards late luteal where I still, I feel, you know, I feel mm. like I want to push, but, um, you know, I'm also very mindful about the progesterone. I'm mindful that I'm more inflamed. I'm mindful that you just you just have different needs to keep you more in that optimal state of hormone health and you know to feel your best. So it's if I do feel for example that um you know maybe it's it's a day mid luteal or luteal or even towards late luteal phase 
and I feel like, no, but I want to push because maybe psychologically I need to, well, then I'm just going to make sure that my recovery after that is really strong. Recovery, nutrition, sleep, everything else, supplement, whatever. Um, but I, I think that you pointing out the intuitive piece is so important because ultimately that's where we want to be living. We want to be in sync and have that intu- strong, intuitive connection with ourself, right? And not just related to health, but in all aspects of our intuition, really. I think so. I mean, I love you pointed that out. The reason I called it biosyncing is because bio is you, right? It's got to be in sync with you. So yes, your menstrual cycle, if you're having one, it might be that you're in perimenopause, there's lots of disruptions. So there's extra considerations. It might be that you're postmenopause, but also like you, biosyncing with you means also with your life circumstances, right? So when yes. even things like when you're vision building, when you're sharing your dreams and things like that, if you've got kids, how are you going to bring them in? That's being in sync with your family, with what you guys want in life. And so that's really, I wanted biosyncing to be all encompassing, right? That you literally live in sync with your values, your goals, your relationships, your stage of life, because there's seasons in life. And that just helps to create this kind of more effortless sense of flow. Oh, and life's more so fun, is what I found. So. And so much more whole and fulfilling. Mm. Yeah, you're covering all the bases. I've been journaling my entire life, and it's helped me to develop the most empowered, loving, and trusted relationship with myself. Journaling is a powerful tool that helps you to gain more self-love and self-confidence. It can help you get unstuck when you need clarity the most. And it helps you to powerfully move through any and all of your life challenges. It's a pathway to manifesting your biggest desires in life while creating an unbreakable relationship with your authentic self. I created You Are The Path, a guided and illustrated journal to help you gain all of this in your own life. In this seven by 10 mystical journal, you get a personal introduction and final thoughts message from me, seven guided and illustrated sections with line pages and five thought-provoking journal prompts, seven empowering quotes from me. You get one freestyle creative section full of blank pages for drawing and sketching, and you get the beautiful artwork designed by talented artist Emerald Patchett. There are 120 pages of pure possibilities waiting for you in this journal. You Are The Path was born to help you create, discover, and illuminate the path that is you. What do you think, I mean, what's a starting point for, for you know, women listening to this right now? I want it, they're sold. How do I get more into this biosyncing state <laughs> and lifestyle? I know it's a big, I know it's big, but what, what would be maybe some of the starting points to point them towards? The first thing I would do, right, is everything begins with you. So it's like working out what do you want? So what mm. do you really, really want? And I think we start from what we think we might achieve as opposed to what I really want. Yes. So I think that's the best place, right? Bob Proctor, bless his soul. He's, he passed last year. Yeah. I spent a year in one of his coaching programs oh, and he always you. used to say, tell me what I want, tell me what you want and I'll show you how to get it. And it was the perfect starting point because it allows you to dream. Yeah. And I think I feel so many women limiting themselves, not just, I'm not just talking about goals in terms of business and things like that, mm-hmm. but also when we look at, for example, body composition goals, mm-hmm. you know, immediately it'll be like, well, you know, when I got married, I was like this, or I used to look like this but now I've had kids, you know, I'd like to look like that, but I'll be happy with this. Why do we have to put limiters on all the time? God, I you know, why you. can't we embrace? Actually, I want to look like this at 48. 
50. Uh, like, who cares? Right? So 60. Young. Why not? It's so young. Exactly. It, it really is. I always, I have a, a quote, like, keep your glory days in front of you. You're mm. so right. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Because it is true. The, the more people are looking behind as if it's over. Like, what do you mean? You know, um, I always, like, I've never subscribed to age. I've I've only paid attention to energy and potential. So every year for me, it's how do I increase my potential? How do I live into my fuller potential and expression? And mm-hmm. how do I keep my energy magnetic and, you know, just vivacious, right? And it's when you, when your perspective is that and not just I'm getting older, I mean, your whole lifestyle shifts, right? Would you say? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. and you have the benefit of all those years of experience, right? Right. It's more fun. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the so I don't think you should be limited by age, for sure. Plus, we can talk about a whole load of biohacking stuff that can reverse your biological yeah, age. That stuff I mean, I'm obsessed God, with anyway. So. If I did not with you, you know so much. I mean, what are some so, of the, what are, what are some of your favorite go-to in the biohacking conversation? We'll just jump in there really quick. Like, what are some of your favorite tools that you love to um, to lean on for? Well, so I would say, first of all, you've got to nail the free stuff, Yeah. First yeah. of all, anyone yes. listening, I know we all love to go out and go, right, I want to buy an infrared sauna and a red light therapy device. And now I'm going to get my brain tap on and all these things. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you're not sleeping properly, you're not eating whole foods, right? Go for 30 plants a week. That, that's that been proven countless times to support the gut microbiome. Mm. You know, not even necessarily thinking I've got to have more fiber in my diet. I've just got to have more diversity. That will give you fiber and it's going to give you polyphenols, which feed your good bacteria, good bacteria as well, right? Your good yeah gut bugs. <laughs> it's yes. a bit of a mouthful to say that. <laughs> it wasn't coming out. Um, and so focus on diversity, colorful foods. I love what you said a moment ago about carbs and how if I want to train in my luteal phase, I'm just going to really enhance the recovery. Carbs will do that. Yes. Let's not fear the carbs, ladies, please. Because oh that lowers the fiber, lowers adrenal, fun- you know, adrenal function, messes with your thyroid. Carbs are good. That was <laughs> one of the biggest good. game changers for me. Bringing implementing carbs. more. Yeah. More yeah. sweet, I have sweet potato every night for dinner and just even just more it. fruit. You know, I'm not um I'm not like a rice or pasta girl, but uh just those fibrous carbs, just bringing more of them in and 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 having a shift and that that it goes back to the intuitive piece, you know, there's a big difference of your 30s and your 40s. I mean, there I mean, even from 40 to 44, Angela, I have, you know, hormonally like that, 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 that roller coaster. <laughs> I felt it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm 47. I'm with you on this. <laughs> yeah, I just started taking some bio, um, bioidentical progesterone just last month, and holy shit, How what a difference! It? What a difference! I felt. Because some women can't tolerate it. Right? Oh, really? So it's so individual. Yeah, some women just really don't feel good with progesterone. But I'm so happy. You, it sounds like it's really working for you. Oh yeah, no, it's really working. And and the thing is, is that I knew my blood marker. I um my I do comprehensive blood labs and, you know, every, everything was showing a, a, a subtle decline, right. Uh, in the progesterone. And I'm also, you know, it's like the decade where this can make more sense. So I can, even though my lifestyle is super dialed in, I can feel when there's some estrogen dominance, you know? Um, and anyway, so I start taking just a low dose of, of some bioidentical progesterone my overall sense of well being in the luteal phase, water retention, that used to piss me oh, off. Yeah, the water. That's annoying. I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I did. what is this from? <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't earn this. I don't it's know. Like, <laughs> I want it in the muscles where it's meant to be and creatine can help me with that. But what's it doing down here? 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was, um, and then there's just like, you know, going through my actual cycle, I, I can, I can see the difference. I, I felt the difference. I wasn't as, um, psychologically, you know, the dopamine serotonin obviously takes a hit in the late luteal and, you know, that I just felt very supported is the best way to, to really say, um, to explain my experience with it. So, yeah, I think the, the point really where I was going was that, you know, we, we don't want to be stuck, right? Every year, like even if something's working in this year, maybe less carbs and higher fats worked for me two years ago. But right now, higher wholesome carbs and a little bit less of the fats at times works really well for me. So it's mm. it's that intuitive piece and shifting and not being so stuck to really anything. Would you say the same in your experience and with the women that you coach? Yeah. Definitely. I think like being rigid and thinking I must be on this type of diet is a bit of a mistake because as you say, again, it changes through life, right? There's seasons in life and we want to move with those. And I think the carb piece is interesting because they help you to sleep better. Yeah. Um, You know, like carbs literally act like a taxi to transport tryptophan Mm -hmm. across the blood brain barrier. And that helps you produce more serotonin. So now you've got more positive mood and that helps you produce more melatonin. So you're going to sleep better. The other thing as well is, yes, we want to control for blood sugar, right? And you've probably Mm -hmm. seen me with my glucose monitor. I've got one on at the moment and I'm checking it and things like that. But the whole food carbs don't really spike it as much. And you'll learn, right? If bananas spike you, then you can swap it out for something else. You can add a little bit of fat. Um, But fundamentally, if we look at it from a thermic perspective, when people are looking at body composition goals, Mm -hmm. protein and carbs have high thermic effects. What that means is they cost you calories to to process them, whereas fats are very easy. They don't, right? You can absorb those very quickly. So yes, if you're eating a high-fat diet, you're going to burn more fat as fuel. doesn't mean you're burning more body fat. It means you're using more fat as fuel, but you probably also can store more fat easily That's as well so because they're there. To say that difference yeah. though, that you burn more fat, but it's not burning body fat. Because again, like that little nuanced detail when you're hearing everything about, and I'm not anti-fat, obviously. I love my fats. Fats are fun, you know, and they do feel good yeah. and they're important for hormonal health. Good. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that I think sometimes the delivery of some of the information, it's like the way that it's shared, oh, I burn more fat. So, you know, let me just eat all this fat. And then all of a sudden, you know, the body composition, like what's happening? It's just, uh, it's, <laughs> Oh, yeah. you mean I store more fat as well? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever told me that piece. (laughs) What would you say about training? Because this is a big, big piece that I love to talk about in my own journey. I used to be the cardio girl because I'm a mesomorph. So I naturally have muscle in my body, you know, and it's, I, you know, I grew up in the eighties. It's not like strong was beautiful back then. You know what I mean? Um, Gratefully times are changing. And, uh, but the, but the interesting thing, you know, turnaround was the minute I started picking up heavy weights and and implementing real resistance training into the program, that's when body composition completely shifted out of, you know, me coming out of those uh, years of, you know, after my surgeries and gaining weight and all that. What would you say? Yeah. Can you speak a bit about training and what you have found to be some of the most important kind of focuses for women with training specifically? 
Yeah, of course. I think for women, strength training is key. Right? I can't, I'm always shouting it from the rooftops <laughs> and I know you are. It's like, try just try two times a week is enough. Even if you start with body weight, Yes, we need to get progressive overload. So it's got to get progressively harder, mm-hmm. but your muscles are like this massive kind of reservoir or tank for glucose metabolism. So it's going to give you way more flexibility in terms of what you can eat. It also raises your basal metabolic rate. So you, again, you're going to have more flexibility. Um, it looks better. It's important for longevity. It is an organ of longevity. When yes. you're resistance training, you're also supporting your bone density. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is um, it helps with BDNF, right, which is like miracle grow for your brain. There's good science behind the fact that things like squats improve BDNF. So now you're going to have all that cognitive enhancement as well. And I don't know about you, but I love morning training. Yeah, I do too. do it fasted. Stacey tells me off of that, but do I like really? fasted training. <laughs> That shifted for me first recently. Thing. Yeah. Oh, did it? First yeah. thing, as long as I refuel, actually, I'm okay. I like mm-hmm. it first thing in the morning because yes. I get up early before the school run. Yep. Um, and I find that it creates order in my day. That's the yeah. thing. It kind of orders because I am a little bit like all over the place, a bit kind of ADD. So <laughs> it creates order in my mind. It's like if I have to measure these reps and the weights I'm doing and kind of record it, I always record everything I'm doing. I love Psychologically, it. Psychologically, somehow it's just like systemizing my brain ready for the day. So I'm more productive. That's what I found. Dopamine. Um, do you know if you're, have well, you ever done helps. the test, the, the brave, brave, braverman test? Like, do you know if you're more dopamine dominant or have you heard of that test? I know. Um, I have heard of it. I know from genetics, mm-hmm. the way the comp gene functions, I clear dopamine quickly. Mm. So it doesn't hang around. So I'm one of those people, which is probably why corporate <laughs> law was fine for me that needs the pressure of a deadline. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, well, you know, mm. um, something that I, I do want to talk to you about too specifically with the resistance training, I want to ask you about psychologically what started to unfold for you as you started picking up weights and making that more part of your your training regimen. I felt, I don't know about you, so obviously the neurological benefits we were talking about there, I really enjoy, but also I just like to feel strong. It makes your daily movements so much easier. Everything's easy, right? You pick up a bag, you, and when you're looking ahead, like if you think, Petra Tier, Dr. Petra Tier says, you know, if you want to rock it in your 80s, you cannot afford to be average in your 40s and 50s. Something like that. So I may good. not be quoting him word for word, it's but perfect. it's so good. It's so true, right? And so that true. means we need to we need to tackle it. And one of those things is muscle mass. The other thing is looking at your aerobic health. So that's mm-hmm. also key, right? Mm-hmm. So training for your VO2 max is mm-hmm. important and trying to like shift it up. It's all trainable. Some is genetics. A lot of this stuff is trainable. So I think that's important, but it doesn't mean hours of cardio, like yes. you were saying. You know, it doesn't. I think that's a misconception. Yeah, if anything. Um, and, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to talk about sprinting, but I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. So I think like doing <laughs> interval training, yeah. so VO2 max, like somewhere between three and eight minute intervals are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so four minutes on, four minutes off works super well, but also just tons of zone two, which is walking around, like walking with your dogs, you know, things like that. Getting out in nature is really key. So this is just like the top end bit of where you can hold a conversation. But mm-hmm. if we were talking, you would be aware that I was out exercising, but we right. can still talk. It would just become a bit more laborious. You want to spend about 80% of any kind of cardio training in that zone. And then you do your top end. And then, as you said, sprints occasionally, right? So like really short, they can be as short as 10 seconds. They can be short. The, I mean, some of the scientific research shows that doing four second sprint with a 20 second recovery repeated will enhance your mitochondrial health. So it's oh, enhancing wow. cardiovascular and mitochondrial and let's not forget, mitochondria are little energy powerhouses of our cells, so we want to upgrade those. So it can be short and sweet, a few rounds of that. 
um, you know, or you can do 20 seconds, 30 seconds. You can build up and do a one-to-one recovery. I think for anyone starting it, the key thing is how can I go really intense? So if you need to introduce more recovery to allow that, then do it. Because the key thing is you've got to get that sense of like your body thinks you're running from that tiger. Do you know what I mean? Now it's going to upgrade your system. That's the key kind of mechanism. And this is so empowering because I think there's this, you know, kind of idea that in order to be healthy, to have, um, you know, an optimal body composition, you've got to be spending hours in the gym. You got to, you know, and it's not true. It's like so not true, right? It's so not true. I mean, I actually don't see a reason to be over kind of 50 minutes on a workout. There's not really any need, right? You can do your cardio in that time. You can do your weights in that time. You don't need to. For me, I like to do something, like something, Mm -hmm. whether I'm moving and going for a walk every day, just because like we were saying from the mindset perspective, Mm -hmm. but mix it up, like do a couple of days of strength, maybe do one day where you're doing a bit of high intensity and rotate that around your menstrual cycle. And then you can do loads of zone, zone two stuff. You can work in some flexibility and mobility and yoga you know, it should be well-rounded so that, like we were saying in the beginning, you're connecting mm-hmm. the mind and body and then the spiritual piece. That's what yeah. yoga's for, I think. Oh, yeah. I love my hot yoga. I mean, I love I yoga, love period. Yoga. But yeah, I love the hot yoga, especially. There's something about sweating. <laughs> such a type like, a, like me. <laughs> if I'm going to do yoga, Sorry. make it hot. <laughs> well, I, hyperthermic, uh, hyperthermic conditioning training, just like the heat in the cold. It's I so mean, good for you. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's so good for you. Same as sauna, right? When mm-hmm. you have those heat shock proteins, mm-hmm. again, really, really good for health. And also for detoxification. Because I think as well, like not all, all women sweat that easily. Me, for right. example, like it takes quite a bit to get on a sweat. And that's a really important part of detoxification. So I think hot yoga is amazing. Sauna is amazing. Cold. Some people say they don't like it. Other people love it. You don't have to do it. You know, the other thing as well Hmm. is because you see these things on Instagram, (laughs) you don't have to do every single one. Like it's okay to say, I don't like the cold. I'm not getting in an ice bath. Fine. Then don't do it. Do something else. Right. There's so many ways that you can create what we're calling as a hormetic stress, right? Create Mm -hmm. hormesis in the body to make it stronger. Right. Cold showers or do more sauna. I mean, I've, I've heard Stacey talk yeah. about, um, you know, cold versus heat specifically for women because our basal body temperature is different than men. And yeah, that was an interesting um, conversation to listen to. But I, I did want to pull on the detox string just really quickly because detox is one of those words that, again, because all, you know, drink the detox tea, like all of this bullshit. (laughs) It's like, so then the word detox almost becomes like, I'm going to not focus on detoxing, right? But actually detoxification is so important for women specifically. Can you talk about that just a little bit of of why? Because I think that's really important for women to, to know if they don't know already. Yeah, for sure. So I think when we're looking at the changing hormones, we know that in the beginning of the month, as we approach ovulation, during that stage, that follicular stage, estrogen is rising. Mm -hmm. And estrogen, I like to kind of compare her to your charismatic friend at the party, right? She's fun. She's sociable. She's great to have around. But if she's, she's okay in small doses, if you have too much of her, 
it can kind of get a bit overbearing. And that's why we have progesterone. I think she's like the princess that comes in and she kind of counterbalances the effects of estrogen. But also what we need to do is make sure that we're detoxifying any kind of excess estrogen. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason that when we were saying a little earlier about having 30 plants a week, like having that diversity is so important because that's going to help you promote really good gut bacteria that helps you detoxify estrogen. There's a very specific part of the microbiome called the estrobolome. Mm. And in there are bacteria that regulate estrogen and they produce something called beta-glucuronidase. And what that means is that if you have an imbalance, your liver can done a done a fantastic job of packaging up excess estrogen ready for excretion. So estrogen's great, it should be around and be used, and then we need to get rid of the excess. So your liver may have done that fantastic job, and we can talk about how to support the liver in a moment, but then it packages it up, sends it over to the gut, and these bacteria can open up that envelope, and now it's recirculating in the system. And you can do something like the Dutch test is a great Mm -hmm. test to show you which pathways your estrogen is going down and whether you might need support, whether it's too high, whether it's just not going down a route that we want it to, and whether it kind of could be causing potentially some DNA damage. Mm. But we want to make sure that we have good gut health. That would be one. The other one would be eating plenty of what we call the allium family, so leeks and onions and garlic, and also cruciferous vegetables, right? So broccoli Mm. sprouts sprouts Mm -hmm. are so high, more so than broccoli. So if you can have those, but plenty of greens, bok choy, kale, cabbage, all of these, cauliflower, these also help with that detoxification. And and I love what you were saying there, Roxy, because I think people do get put off. You've got a whole kind of, some people who think, I need to go on a detox. And then it's almost a license to <laughs> not do things right in between. And then you go on another detox, which is actually quite dangerous because you're releasing a lot of these toxins if it's not well managed. Yeah. Or people who are a bit like, well, that just sounds awful. I don't want to do it. Let's think of it differently. How can we detoxify really well every single day by Mm. eating foods that help our system do that by going in the sauna by doing things like hot yawner or hot sauna sorry or Mm -hmm. um working up a sweat by body brushing Mm -hmm. right even just body brushing you're getting the lymphatic system flowing because it doesn't have a pump so i think all these things and the bonus is they're going to lead to glowing skin Yes. So, like your skin is that's glowing, That's just a natural girl. side effect, is it? <laughs> I love you. It is. I'm so, oh I my God, it. you're glowing. I'm so hot in here. I put Are on you? a jumper earlier. Yes, because oh, no. it was raining. And so I put on a jumper thinking, God, it doesn't feel great. And we don't know where the spring is. It's May Day here in the UK, but no one knows where spring has gone. And now all oh, yeah. of a sudden the sun is like so- eating in. Oh no. <laughs> like, well, it looks good. You're good. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Feel yeah. a little hot, but never mind. Uh, well, I know I I love I love that you point that out again, and just for just for women who may not know, poop, sweat. I mean, this is these are your essential ways to eliminate to detoxify, right? Um, yes. So if you're constipated, if you're having again back to the gut issues, I mean, this is you're not you're not eliminating that excess the excess hormones or toxins that we need to be you know, just to keep ourselves in our highest state of health and, and vitality. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think it's about looking at it and actually seeing, you know, how often, like, just like you should be tracking your menstrual cycle, how often are you going to the bathroom and going going for a poop? You know, just some women will say, I don't go for days at a time. That's not really great. We want to have no. that elimination pathway working really optimally. And yes. I think optimizing that microbial diversity will help with that. You can also get gut testing if you think there's an issue mm-hmm. and get those sorted out. We want to discount any kind of food intolerances. For example, some people, it's you know, very pro-inflammatory, mm-hmm. uh, things like gluten for them, not for everyone. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not universally saying you got to go gluten-free. That's just another kind of elimination diet, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
But I think understanding you and your biology is key. What something I really am excited to ask you about. I'm just so curious to to your your take on this. One thing that I've noticed about when when you're when you're trying to shift any part of your being, your lifestyle, you have to this is my opinion, but there needs to be a bit of an identity shift, right? I love that you 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 mentioned future self earlier in the conversation. That's one of the biggest subjects that I speak on. I have a digital course around it because it's really, for me, future self is also highest self. Um, not just you a year from now, you five years from now, it's the highest version of you that's always leading you. So it's really important to get a clear understanding of this expression of yourself and to create a connection with this expression of yourself so that it can keep you on your highest path of life. What I found in my own journey is that to, like I identify myself as an athlete and that's a real thing. You you know, I'm not competitive. I might start competing, doing some sprinting in the masters next year. Um, But I'm, I'm not a competitive athlete. I am a life athlete. My whole lifestyle is, you know, that of an athlete, right? And that's just one aspect of, my identity. What I want to ask you about is what do you, what do you, how important do you think it is when someone wants to shift their behaviors, their habits, you know, to create a lifestyle where they can age strong, live from their highest state of vitality? What do you think the role of their self-identity, how how does that play into this? I think it's huge. I think it's huge. Like, I love the fact that you identify as an athlete, because if you think about how that permeates every aspect of your life, right? Mm -hmm. So anyone listening to this, it goes beyond your exercise and whether you compete, because whatever you're doing, you're going to do it to the highest level. Because if you think about it, when you're doing a workout, I'm sure that when you think about doing that one extra rep, right, going that extra mile, You think, I'm an athlete. That's what they do. When you think about your self-talk, an athlete does not destroy themselves. They're building themselves up with things like affirmations, right? They're conditioning their mind for success. That's what an athlete does. So it's going to guide you. When you go into the kitchen and you're thinking about what to eat, an athlete loves and nourishes their body. They don't just eat junk because it's not going to perform appropriately. So I think identity is absolutely critical. And what would, what would you say, you know, because obviously, you know, there could be a woman listening who's like, yeah, but I don't feel athletic. And, but yet, I, I mean, I see a mother as an athlete. I think there's an athlete in, can you talk about the athlete in every, I mean, as yeah. a lawyer, you are an athlete. As a lawyer, you are, as a, as a mother, right? You've got to have the endurance to be there for your children. Like when they're kicking off, you've got to stay calm. You've got to have that empowering mindset and, and coach them. You're almost like a coach. But I think sometimes what's helpful is if people have identities in kind of the three key main areas as well, that can be helpful, right? So maybe in, in, you don't yet see yourself as an athlete because you don't feel that well conditioned, Mm -hmm. but you embody that when you go for your workout. So you just go that extra little bit more. It's that like Ed Milet talks about this, right? The power of one more. I'm just Mm going to do one more. Mm -hmm. And I think you could have that mindset there. Then you could think about what do I want to be as a mother? Like, who do I want to be? You could set yourself. It doesn't mean that you literally are this is not in an arrogant way but you could be like I want to be the world's greatest mother but what does she do what are the characteristics how is she is with her children you know does she guide them and support them but also offer friendship and love does she show unconditional love no matter what they do she's always going to be there but has firm boundaries and so I think when you start 
from that identity like you have, you can start to look down at what are the characteristics and qualities and the values. And then you start to step into her and you embody them. And you can have, you know, a transition between your working life, your home life, because now you're not the businesswoman, for example, you've got to step into that evening routine with the kids and now your mom. And Mm. who is mom? How is she? And then you don't bring this, you know, they say, like there's a lot of research, isn't there? If you keep mentally task switching, right? You leave mm-hmm. something called attention residue in an area. And I think that's a very real thing. So now it's like having lots of different tabs open on your web browser, it slows it down. But also if you don't create transitions between roles and what you're doing, you kind of leave a piece of you in the old place where you kind of left a little bit of you at work and now you're not fully concentrating. Or what's possibly worse is you're now bringing work into that home environment and you're transposing that. So you want to create fresh, clean energy. And I think that's where identities can be so helpful. What What are some of your practices that help you stay very grounded and, and rooted in your values and, and really just in this whole state that we've talked about in this conversation? So for me, and, and I think this is, you know, we were talking about sinking in the seasons in life. Mm-hmm. I think this is key because if you are not working at this point and have children, and uh, have 101 things to do, then maybe you can create the perfect morning routine. But I think we're led to believe that we've all got to have this routine. And it maybe isn't practical for mums, right? Particularly working mums. So I would say pick the activity and it could be different on each day Mm -hmm. that feels most in sync or aligned for you. So for me, quite often, if I've got loads of energy, then I'm going to go and work out first thing. It isn't meditation isn't natural and intuitive to me at that point that happens later. Whereas other days, if I'm taking it easier, if it's the weekend, I love to wake up and meditate. But definitely like exercise, which is kind of almost a form of meditation, Mm -hmm. uh, meditation, breath work, guided visualization, journaling. Oh my God, journaling is probably one of my favorite things. That's where you really get to know yourself in my view is through the power of journaling. All of those practices and even like mobility work and stretching and realizing this tension in my body, how do I release it Mm -hmm. uh, can be helpful. It's so good. I smile really big because all my audience knows that, you know, that's, I've been journaling my whole life and it's literally for anybody who ever, like, how have you arrived to this place of connectivity with self, self self-love, empowerment, wisdom? It's because I've been in an honest conversation with myself consciously and intentionally for my whole life through my journal. Mm -hmm. So the journal is really a portal. It's not in a, you know, that's part of my greatest, you know, kind of life work is to, to guide more women to this portal to experience this connectivity with themselves, with their highest self and the self that they're, you know, moving their, their, through their life with. So I love that you highlighted that. And I think one thing that just also to point out is that everything that you shared that helps you stay grounded and it's, it's all activities that are pointing you back to yourself. It's time with yourself. It's that self-connectivity time that I think is, is so essential, right. To, to keep yourself grounded and yeah. Because it starts with you. And I think the thing is what you said there about journaling, it doesn't surprise me you've been journaling all your life. See, I came to it late. I wish I had done it before. Um, and I think what's, I don't like the word clean because we think about clean eating, clean this, clean that, but your thinking is so clean. Like that's what I love. It's so considered, Mm. Uh, it's just the delivery and everything. You can tell that you embody what you're saying. And I think a lot of that comes from meditation, breath work, and journaling. Journaling is the biggie. Because as you say, that's where you get to really get to know yourself right. and understand. 
And hypnosis, actually, you know, I did find hypnosis was an amazing thing for me. I I was under hypnosis for two hours with a therapist. Mm -hmm. And that's when I had a very similar experience to what I had in the hospital where almost like you're not, you are not your body anymore, right? You've just become that spiritual, well, you are a spiritual being, but Mm -hmm. you've connected more on that. I found that a deep state of hypnosis can do that too and really help you step into your future self. Oh my goodness. Is I, I've been wanting to do, try hypnosis with a professional, but I mean, you, that needs to be somebody that you really trust and, you know, is great. So maybe I can ask you about that um, offline because I, I, I mean, obviously there's efficacy to it, you know, it's, it's, it's a real thing. And so I think it would be a, a great experience. Um, I'd love to, to try out. So I love that you brought that here yeah. too. Let me, yeah, it's fun. It, it, I want to ask you, so you were so curious and I love that about you because again, I mean, and I really, I really want to um, suggest that everybody who is not already dialed into your podcast, you know, and obviously everything will be in the show notes, but I'm saying this, you are a resource for me, you know, and people come to me for all things health and, you know, and and I, I listen to your podcast as a source you know, to, to attain this information, I trust. And I love your questioning. What I'm curious about is what at this point, what are you, what, what's got your curiosity right now? And it doesn't necessarily need to be anything in health. It could be psychology. It could be anything like what's, what, what are you really, what's inspiring you to, to want to dive deeper into, um, at this particular point of your life? The thing I'm most kind of dialing into at the moment and diving deep on is really like, how can we effectively live younger? Like, I just want to make everyone's lives better and move through with more grace and ease. So Mm -hmm. that's where I'm kind of spending a lot of my time at the moment and looking at the biohacks around how can you actually, and I do think it's a a trilogy, you know, the mind, body, spirit, Mm -hmm. but how can we effectively live younger. And I mean that in every sense, right? Mm -hmm. Just embody that childhood spirit that we once had, um, develop that sense of adventure, as you say, right, all the way through life, alongside different biohacks and things that really do keep us truly healthy. Because I think that's another area that we've been conditioned that we kind of write off the later years a little bit as not being as fun or have kind of gone past that. And it shouldn't be that way. And, you know, in Japan, they don't even have a word for, for menopause, I don't think. I think they call oh, it kenenki, really? which is like the Japanese, the second spring. So at this point, a woman is stepping into that second spring of her life. And I just love that. And I think, what if you could embrace it like that? Yeah, such a different kind of... So that's where I've been spending some of my time at the moment. I also have been experimenting more and more just with breath work as a practice mm. yeah. because I didn't before. And the power of the breath is just like phenomenal yeah I I, it's it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving when you start to do it right because you can feel relaxed you can kind of create more drive and more dopamine you can use so many different techniques yeah um yeah so that that. as well I love that what's coming up next for you is there anything new that we can look forward to on the horizon any new projects or anything 
Well, at the moment, uh, I'm so I've put together, I've been sort of beta testing with a group, a new program for biosyncing. Uh, and uh, it's been getting, yeah, it's been doing amazing. And so I've kind of putting everything that I think you need to yeah. optimize based on the last kind of 10 years uh, into that program. So that's something I'm having a lot of fun with. So it's like, how do you do those things? How do you actually embrace your female physiology? How do you embrace your biorhythms? How do you embrace your genetics? How do you embrace that empowering mindset and your future? self how do you get in touch with your spirituality so it's kind of like a 360 degree program for people that's beautiful and that's open right now can women join or yeah they we have um it's kind of like at the moment it's on a wait list we haven't opened okay. it okay um, yeah but we they can uh yeah they can can message they can also come into we have a membership the female biohacker collective mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of gives you a flavor month on month of everything that we do with biosyncing and it has live monthly challenges and coaching and it's a really wonderful community of women who all want to do the same thing and that's that's at femalebiohacker.com okay perfect all of this will be in the show notes i'm i'm i i would love more conversations with you honestly i mean we haven't even oh, <laughs> into there's just so much but I love your energy. I I love, you know, just everything that you put out in the world. I'm I'm truly a supporter. You are you're a real contributor. And before I um move us out of the conversation, I just I want to ask, is there anything that we haven't spoke on that we haven't touched on? Uh maybe something that you wish more people would ask you about that you'd love to live in this conversation. I mean, I I know we did talk about a lot, but if there's anything else that you'd like to leave in here before we sign out. No, I think I think you've been such an amazing interviewer and oh, you just asked you. such lovely questions and just held such a, a wonderful space for me. I'm really thank grateful you. to you. I think to your audience, I would just say, just show kindness and love to yourself every day. Yeah. And then that's what will shine out in the world. Um, just don't, I think as women, we just, we criticize too much. Many women have done like six rounds in the boxing ring with themselves by the time they leave the house <laughs> in the morning. Yes. <laughs> Show some kindness, show some self-love and, you know, find communities of women. We're here to support each other and the wonderful work that you're doing, Roxy. I'm just so grateful for you having Thank me on the show. You. I would oh. love to have you back, have, have you on mine oh, uh, and interview you. It would be Thank amazing. You. Yeah. There's so many more conversations between us. This is really the start of a friendship. <laughs> so, nah, I, you know, I, I mean, love it. it's truly like there's some people that just you connect with and you're like, actually, I want to keep growing this. I want to expand this. And, and, and it is that thing, Angela, where, you know, and I love that you, you highlight that about women coming together. Um, it, it makes all the difference, you know, when we are, when you're moving in a pack of, of, of empowered women who are genuinely supporting each other and, you know, the work that you are doing and the, the, the human that you are, the heart and the soul that you are, I resonate with. And then when you tack on the work that you're, you're doing in this world, I mean, it's important work. So I'm in full support of you and, and, and of everything that you're doing. So Yes, I'd love to come onto your show and talk. I'd love to have you back on. And so this is really a to be continued. (laughs) Amazing. And likewise, I've absolutely loved it and connecting with you. We'll have to meet in person one day. Oh, we will. We will. Uh, My team actually is in the UK. So this is... Ah! Yeah. 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 All right. So it's... And where where are you based? So Los Angeles and Las Vegas. So by the beach in Los Angeles. I go back and forth. But currently in Vegas... And okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm more based in, in Vegas these days, but yeah, I kind of, you know, in my life, because I've lived around the world, I've lived in Paris, Hawaii is home too, I've, I've lived in New York City for years, and 
I wherever I feel the most expansive is where I know I need to be and I position myself to be. So that's kind of how I am moving through my life. Amazing. I love California. Thank I've done you. so many like fun road trips and stuff that haven't been to Vegas. Not yet. I've been to like, not yet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but when you not can. Yet. Oh my god. But goodness. I'll let you know when I do. Yes, please do. All right, love. I will have all of your, your Instagram. Um, and, and that's another thing for all of our listeners who don't already know. Your Instagram is such a plethora of valuable information. So I want to encourage every listener to go there who isn't already following you there. Angela Foster, right? Is the IG handle? Angela S. Foster. Angela S. Foster. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Uh, we'll have the wait list. We'll have everything in the show notes. And I can't wait for our next conversation. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Roxy. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look. R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.